Welcome to the Empowerment Radio Show, the show that empowers, inspires, and motivates. Hear from experts in all areas of business as they share proven techniques that have helped them earn millions and have more free time. Learn the tricks of the trade, including how to market your business and develop the million-dollar mindset needed to succeed. Be sure to register for more information at torontowomensexpo.com. Use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering women to succeed. Now, let's welcome the host of the Empowerment Radio Show, Randy Goodman. Good morning, everybody. We're here on live again. This is so exciting. I want you guys to do lives too, but I'm here with Jackie Porter again. She's a fantastic guest. Thank you, Jackie. (laughs) <laughs> so, Jackie, let's pull your screen down a bit so we get more of your face into the... How do I do that? And just go like this and pull down a bit. And okay. yeah, Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Sorry, guys, we should have done that before we came on. Um, so, Jackie is a huge wealth of information. If you've seen our lives before, you know she's got a ton of info to share in the financial space and well the money space because it incorporates everything and uh, she's helped a lot of corporations and entrepreneurs and she works in many different realms but always focusing on money and she's quite passionate about helping women she helps everybody but she's very passionate about helping women it's kind of funny that a woman might be passionate about helping other women so Biased as charged. There you go. So I'm excited to have you on, Jackie. And you are also going to be a Coach's Corner expert at the Business Wealth Summit next Thursday. It's only a week away. I know. Time flies. I know. It's awesome. So I think there's a few spots available for Jackie. And grab them. Like, get on there and grab them. I put the link at the top. So please click it. You can book in a session with Jackie and actually get to pick her brain for 30 minutes at the show. So I urge you to do that. Uh, But in the meantime, today, Jackie, we were going to talk about estate planning. You have a lot to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen it and lived it myself. So I'm, again, a subject matter I'm pretty passionate about. Because so why don't we explain like what it is first before we okay. get into like any questions so that okay. people know what we're talking about. Well, you know, the, the broad subject is estate planning and it has to do with organizing your estate. So when you die, whatever you leave behind is considered your estate. And it's okay. what are you going to do with that? And what intentions do you have about where money should go? Uh, who should care for your children? Um, when should your children get the money that they would receive? Um, okay. Do you have um, a charity that you want to leave money to? Do you have other wishes that are important to you? It's it's really about organizing the money and the attention of, you know, whatever your legacy is. It's all okay. organized in your estate. Okay, perfect, perfect. So how do we plan for this and you know when do we start thinking about that and you know all those other lovely questions about it 
Well, often people are thinking about their estate or even doing things like a will, which is one aspect of estate planning. Um, often people are thinking about doing a will, for example, which is a big part of estate planning, when they get married. Right. Often they're thinking about it after they get divorced. Um, they're thinking, <laughs> they're also thinking about it if they have children. All of a okay. sudden, you know, getting a will done becomes really, really important. Um, in the meantime, today, Jackie. Major life shows. Okay. Okay. So, uh, what's the earliest you think somebody should start think about thinking about planning? I think I think those life events are usually a really good um, prompt for why you should you know get a will, for example, because that's the biggest component of estate planning is doing a will, a power of attorney for care and a power of attorney for property. Those are usually the times when people start to realize it's important or the other time is when you start to uh, build assets. So if you have a corporation and you have a partner, um, is it important to have a will? There's a lot of issues that come up when someone dies and they have a partner in their business, they might have a spouse at home that wasn't involved in the business before. And now there's all these myriad of issues. How do you get the person who um, is the spouse of the deceased business owner? How do you get them out of the business? Do you have life insurance to pay them out? Is there enough money in the company to pay that person out? It gets really complicated. And as you can imagine, it becomes a very, sometimes very emotional, uh, sort of circumstance that could lead to quite a bit of turmoil for the business and for the family of the deceased person. Okay, uh, so people's death brings on a lot of issues. I don't okay. know if you've ever been an executor before, Randy, but um, if you've been an executor, you know it's one of the biggest pains in the ass you could ever do. So you want to think through carefully. You know, I'll, I'll just explain what being an executor means. It, it means carrying out the wishes of the deceased person. So you kind of have to think through who would you want to put in that role? Because sometimes you're playing the therapist for the family. You have to right. sometimes be the detective. Where did you put all your documents? How accessible for the person who's dealing with your stuff? Where is everything? You, are you organized? Do you have an, an, did you leave them instructions on where to find stuff or do they have to right. hunt for it? You know, so you could end up being a therapist, detective, you know, um, you might be dealing with trying to solve a lot of family issues. And and sometimes you can also be the scapegoat. So it, it's just, right. you know, you got to think through carefully what they're doing. And then the other piece is if you didn't give them um, direction on, you know, who should they be dealing with to help you solve these issues? So do you have an accountant that, to help them crunch the numbers? Because right, if you're right. an executor, as soon as someone passes away, you have to file something called an information return to the government. This is new as of last year. So they want you to tally up what do you think your assets are all worth. That document will be looked at. It will be um, used to, to calculate the taxes. And if that's wrong, guess who's responsible, Randy? The executor. <laughs> The executor, you are if you're the executor. And so, you know, it's a it's a really it's a really important thing to think through. And it's it's also just thinking through how painless if you're gonna be someone's executor, because sometimes we don't have a choice, it's our parents, you know, um, that we're doing it for, it's our very, very close friend, 
or close family members. So, you know, we're taking it on because we want to make sure that we help to make things right for them. But it's right, just for right. you to understand what, what that all means. Wow. Wow. Okay. okay. So, so for, uh, are you getting feedback from me? Nope, not at all. I'm getting feedback and I don't know why. Okay. So, when, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of work taking care of people when you're their power of attorney too. Right. But I mean, you do it out of love, right? You do it because you love that person, you care about them and, and you just do what you have to do because you're taking care of them. Um, but you're also respecting their wishes, right? They may have certain wishes uh, that they want carried out and you have to respect those, right? And some people don't respect them and maybe they're not the ones chosen to be a power of attorney or an executor. I mean, as an executor, you have to follow what's in the will because it's a legal document. But, uh, um, you know, for power of attorneys and that kind of thing, which falls in line with all the will and estate planning stuff. Um, <clears throat> so what kind of documents should people have? Now we're talking about documents. Right. What kind of documents should they have to make sure that they're looked after properly or that things are put into place the way they want them put in place? Well, there, there's a lot of documents. So you want to have the names of all the professionals so if you have an accountant, if you have, um, if you've redone your funeral and you have a contact at the funeral home, put that in there. If you okay. have, if you have the name of the person, a financial person that you deal with, put that in there. If they have access to all of your accounts and your account numbers, your that document. And and I actually have a document because there's no document that says this is where to get all of the documents. It's, okay. it's basically something that um, you can create. And I've created these documents for my clients. And it's a document that says, here's all the list of the people that matter if something happens to me. Here's where you, you here's who you should call. These are the people you should call. And here's the list of all of my account numbers for all of the accounts I own, all the investments I own. Here's the name of the contact at the funeral home. And here's where to find everything else. All right. So, so right. it's a document to just give people your executor, your loved one's guidance on where everything is. Um, there's also another document that people don't talk about, and it doesn't necessarily have to form a part of your will, but it's really important. And that's your personal effects document. It doesn't need to form a part of your will, but people tend to like to say, I want Randy to have these pieces of jewelry because right. it's important to me. I right. want you know so-and-so to have all these specific personal effects that was important to me. Because you would be surprised how people fight over these things. Oh my God, it's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And people don't think about it. They they might have it in their mind, you know. Uh, Randy always admired this painting in my home. I want her to have it. God yeah. forbid. <laughs> that she didn't, whoever wanted to leave you that painting didn't put, this belongs to Randy. Oh my right. goodness. Hell breaks oh, trouble in a death. Very well, much. Listen, like, I was taking care of uh, my grandmother uh, for years before she passed away. And one of the things that we did while she was alive, because she was always home, she always wanted to be home, or she was taxiing to my house. Um, and, you know, she's all about her great grandchildren. And, uh, <laughs> 
you know, one of the things we spent quite a bit of time on actually was deciding who she wanted to have what. And we created a whole list together, um, you know, because it was like, okay, but I call my grandmother, Bub, um, what do you want who to have, right? When you're not here anymore, who do you want to have what? Uh, what did grandpa want? Because he passed away eight years before she did. You right. know, what did grandpa want who to have? And she'd tell me, I want, you know, your brother to have this. And I want my, you know, my other grandchild to have this and this one to have that. And my daughter and my other daughter. And, you know, so we actually had a list and it got modified slightly over the years, you know, and she'd think about it more and whatnot. But it was a list that we put together of all the valuable things in her house, uh, who she wanted to have what. And, and you know, and some of them wanted specific things as well, and she would respect that. And then my other side, I remember uh, my grandmother didn't write this. I can't remember if she wrote it in the will or didn't write it in the will because um, my dad was the executor. But um you know, there was a necklace that she had that was handmade from her mother. And she had right. always told me since I was little that it was going to be mine. Right. I and I that. used to always play with her jewelry. Right. Always, always, always. And, uh, and, you know, she always told me that. So when she passed away at like, you know, 94 years old, um, it was, you know, it was like, Bob always told me that that would be mine, right? Well, like, you know, you were, congratulations. congratulations. Saved yourself. Your family in doing that list up saved yourself, saved yourself yeah. a lot of family, unnecessary family drama. Because if Definitely. you go to the theater and watch any movie, the really interesting movies, um, the really gripping movies, somebody died just before. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and then yeah, really. <laughs> all this drama ensues. And, and well, listen, it, go ahead. It still creates drama, Jackie. Right? <laughs> like the not you, just because the list is created doesn't mean the living people are happy with the list. No, no, right? No, no, no. Agree, agree. <laughs> <laughs> so there still could be drama, and you still may not end up with the thing you wanted to end up with, but. You know, there were, you know, some things that still didn't go into the hands they were supposed to go into. Um, but those people conceded and said, okay, you know, they really want them, blah, blah. And, and you know, let them have them in lieu of having, like, you know, a meltdown, right? Well, <laughs> in absence of her creating this list, how much more drama do you think your family might have suffered. Yeah. So yeah. that's really what I'm saying is there's, you know, death creates a lot of emotion, a lot yeah. of um, emotional heart strings are being, people's heart strings are being pulled. That was the last opportunity for them to hold on to something of the deceased. So it, it sometimes can be a very contentious battle that can go on for years. And so yeah. you have to really think through what your intentions are and I urge people, because really right now, only 53% of Canadians have a will. And if you wanted to start to be intentional about your estate plan, that's a great place to start. Because think about it. If you have kids, especially if you're divorced, where do the yeah. kids go? Who decides that? Keep in mind, if you don't have a will, then you're leaving it to the public trustee looking at right. family law and making a decision on what should happen to your children. 
what should happen to your assets? Yeah. When and I think people don't understand that, Jackie. This is this is why I wanted to talk about it today because yeah. people don't think about that. Even if even if you have a will, sometimes what I've seen is people have a will, but they don't think about their children. I mean, you know your kids best. Who's the spendthrift in your in your uh, group of children? Right. Who's the saver? Would you want those two children, if God forbid something happened to you, to be able all of a sudden get access to a pile of money? Right. Would that be smart? <laughs> no. You know who your kids are in life, yeah. but do have you made plans to secure them in death? It's yeah. really, really simple. So it's just a lot of things to to think through. And I encourage people if they if they want to take advantage of Coach's Corner, obviously, whatever, because we only have have a half an hour, we can talk about whatever their priority is. But it's these are some of the things I usually try to prompt people to think about things that they haven't necessarily given thought to when they've sat in front of someone like myself. Maybe they've talked about investments. Maybe they've you know talked about taxes uh, in, in some way, but they don't necessarily think about all these other things that leave very long-term implications and create memories that last a lifetime, right? So you leave things undone, you're creating something I call a money memory on your children. And what does that money memory end up creating in terms of a legacy for you? Right, right. Yeah, and it's, uh, and then there's, uh, I'll only bring it up because it, it directly relates to me and I know it's going to relate to a lot of other people. Um, when you are creating documents like that, what if you have special needs kits? That's exactly right. right? Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, I, I talk to, to parents who, you know, that's a conversation people don't seem to have with them. Financial planners don't have with them. What happens? I have a special needs child. Who's going to take care of them? What provisions are you making yeah. in your will for them? Uh, just to make sure when you're not there, someone is there to, to look out for them. It's a yeah. huge. And so, no, I'm, I'm really glad you brought it up, Randy, because it concerns quite a few people. You know, we have, <coughs> pardon me, we have an epidemic these days of, you know, things like autism yep. happening to children. And so people are dealing with these these things. And of course, that's a, a major part of estate planning that's often overlooked for people. So thank you for bringing that up. It's a very, very important point. Another really important reason to have a will and make your intentions clear in a will. Mm -hmm. Well, it's one thing that, uh, <clears throat> sorry, um, that my, my ex and I were always afraid of is, you know, who is going to take care of our son and would his brothers step up to the plate, you know, cause they always get mad at each other when they were little and whatnot. And, you know, we we're always terrified what was going to happen. So we put a lot of things in place, but now my kids are like 17 to 21 and they're already stepping up and doing things, whether they like the behavior that they get back or not, they still understand, you know, why it's happening and where it's coming from and still try to make sure that he knows he's got brothers in his life and, uh, and they're there for him, no matter how much they might get pissed off. <laughs> you know what I always find? In fact, I had this conversation recently with a client because, you know, uh, siblings fight. That's what they do. But the yeah. truth is, it's one thing if they beat each other up, but don't you come into your into their family and try to beat up one of them, right? That's, that's just the, <laughs> the sibling code. That's sure. <laughs> and, that's, and, so, and so truthfully, um, she said to me that, that you know, 
her, she has a special needs son and the brother and sister fight all the time. But, you know, right. surprisingly, she's 24 now. Her daughter's 24. Her son's 21. And she came up like so her, her daughter came up to her and said, you know what? I just want you to know um, if you're not here in the future, I'm going to be there for my brother. I'll do whatever it takes to make sure he's looked after. So they right. get it. Yeah. You know, for the most part, they get it. They're very protective of their siblings. As I said, they're just going to be the first one to, to bop them one if they <laughs> if it comes down to it. Well, I'm <laughs> so. telling you, it's hilarious. And I'll just interject quickly because, you know, look at the high school years, which is probably when they piss each other off the most. Right. And uh, excuse my language, but um you know, it's so funny that no matter how much they get angry at each other for whatever reason, don't you dare mess with my brother. And nobody messed no nobody messed with their autistic brother, even though he was at a different high school. Um, he was still in mainstream, but he was in a different high school because they had a great program. Um and you know, nobody messed with him. Nobody. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that's three code. other brothers. <laughs> it's all the sibling code. I get it. I get it. So that's a good thing. And I, I'm glad yeah. it's obvious that they get the responsibility. And that's a yeah. real nice reassurance for you, Randy. And yeah. I think that if you've got a special needs child, as your other children, you just have minor children, just make sure you're doing things to make to put the right things in place, especially, as I said, you're a single mom and you have a child, whether it's a special needs child or a minor, you really yeah. want to think through if something happens. Things happen like that in, in this world. Things yeah. can change in a heartbeat. Yeah. Why would you, if you're concerned about what would happen to your children in life, you wouldn't want to make sure that everything can be done that could be done for them is set up in your death. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. The other way to protect your um, estate is to create something called a power of attorney for care and a power of attorney for property. <coughs> Excuse me, fighting off a cold here, Randy. I don't know who's winning at the moment. Well, it'll be gone by next Thursday. So oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I've already talked to all of the gods I need to. It'll be gone for sure. But, but power of attorney for care and power of attorney for uh, property. I know you mentioned that you're you used you are the power of attorney for your your mother or My your grandmother. grandmother. Your yeah. grandmother. <laughs> so you understand the responsibility. Um, you know, a lot of people say power of attorney for care is when do I decide to pull the plug? It's a complicated conversation. I know lots of people have heard different stories in the media of people being kept on life support for years. Right because families couldn't agree Terrible. on and because they didn't have a power of attorney. And, right. and I know it's a difficult conversation to have, but imagine the turmoil these actual families suffered. Who's talking to whom at this point? It's a really horrible situation for a family to go, go through. It's traumatic enough to have somebody that you love ill, but then to have all these warring factions in the family, who really needs that? Who wants that? No. Now, I'm going to tell, share a quick story with you of a, a, a client I had who um, I actually had seen him around this time last year, no, two years ago, and uh, he was retiring. It was a great time in his life. Things were going to be, a, it was going to be a great time because he could retire and finally enjoy his life. He has a 22-year-old son who was 22 at the time, um, so that two weeks later, he was in the hospital for bowel surgery 
Um, he had an obstruction in his bowel, ended up uh, being given the wrong type of medication that left him with very little brain activity. Oh, no. So okay. He was barely enjoying his retirement for a couple of weeks, had this bowel obstruction, and then had this issue. So keep in mind, I've just mentioned that he has a 22-year-old son. Right. But he, thankfully, had a will, had a power of attorney that said if he had, if he was a vegetable, he did not want to be force-fed. He did not want to be kept alive for no reason. He wanted nature to take its course. And so he had his power of attorney was his uh, uncle and his son. But really, all they had to do was follow the document. They didn't have right. to do anything. And right. I have to tell you, if you've got uh, you know, young children at home and you haven't made these decisions, what type of trauma would you be putting a child like a 22-year-old through to make a decision on whether or not they should pull the plug on their on their dad well they're still right <laughs> exactly but imagine the weight yeah of having to be the one to decide that and not yeah. knowing what that person's wishes were it, yeah exactly so i got a chance to visit him in the hospital and his son was there and he could just be with his dad he was with his dad until the end and, and that was just an amazing experience. And I'm really glad I saw that because I got to see what it really means. Yeah. You know, beyond the, the drama of watching it on television and seeing these cases, I got a chance to see what the difference is when you actually are intentional about what you want to do in this life. Because yeah. him being able to see his dad and just be with his dad, and it's funny because here it is, they were saying that this man had low brain activity. I'll tell you something, Randy, every single time his son came into the room, his heart beat like crazy, it was off the charts. I'd never seen right. anything like that in my life. So I don't know exactly what low brain activity means, but I'm just glad that um, I was able to see that and his son could be with him. And you know, he was here for another few weeks and he could be put to rest. And it was, I know for a fact, because I've spoken to the family several times, that they were grateful that their dad was intentional about the whole experience. So I encourage people to be, you know, think through a power of attorney for care. I think it's an incredibly important document. Yeah. Power of attorney for property. Um, the key thing to know about power of attorney for property, Randy, is there's two kinds. There's general power of attorney, which just means if, if you're on holidays and you're you know closing a property, let's say you need somebody to, to be there just to show up on your behalf, that's yeah. one thing. But there's such a document called a continuing and enduring power of attorney, which might have been the one that you your grandmother had in place yeah. that you were when you were managing her her affairs, financial affairs. It basically means you're never going to be looking after your own stuff anymore. Right. Um, you're mentally incapacitated. And so instead of somebody acting in your place, they're you. So yeah. that's a really big difference. So yeah. again, choose carefully. Um, often I say to, to, to kids who your power of attorney for care might be, might not be the person who's your power of attorney for property. People might have different strengths. So just, just think through and talking to someone like myself, you know, a lawyer to get a sense of, you know, what the implications are. You always want to see a lawyer to document things. What I often do for people is just help them talk through all the implications of some of their decisions. And so that's that's an important conversation to have as well. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and it's a lot of work for the person they choose to do it for them because you are 
doing it as if it's you. You're taking care of their investments. You're taking care of their day-to-day expenses. You're taking care of their uh, monthly uh, bill payments. You're taking care of their home or their residence, wherever they're living. You're really doing everything. If they need snow plowing, you got to arrange it. Like, it, you know, if they need grocery shopping, you got to get them there or get the food to the house. What, you know, whatever the uh, capability of that person is. Maybe they're mobile, maybe they're not. Um, if you're taking care of them, if it's a personal care power of attorney, you need to make sure that person's mobile or they're physically being taken care of or that they're getting to doctor's appointments, that they're, you know, it's, it's not just about how I die. No, right? absolutely. I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up. And it's, it's interesting you, you said that because, you know, it's one thing to do these things when everybody's healthy and they've got great brain capacity. But imagine, I mean, I, I just saw a client uh, earlier this week and she was telling me that her, you know, 91-year-old mom is still going up and down the stairs with her laundry basket and doing all that stuff. You know, it's a different conversation to have with mom and dad to say, you know, maybe it's time for me to be joint on your accounts or maybe we should set up online bill payments because you live in another town. And I want to make sure that if you're tired, I can pay the bills for you. So sometimes it's baby steps with with seniors with getting these things in place. But it's a whole other thing for me to be flat on my back, Randy, and you're you're my daughter. And you're like, maybe it's time that we put all these things in place. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's mental capacity, like deciding if if they've passed the point of having their own mental capacity and you haven't set this up yet. Oh, boy, is it going to be difficult for you to do that, right? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And, yeah. you know, as you get older, because I have a lot of clients that are seniors, your money is that last bastion that you want to hold on to and still feel that you're in control of. So yeah. keeping these conversations with, you know, if you have older parents and you're concerned about them and wondering what they have in place in terms of an mm-hmm. estate plan, sometimes can be challenging. And, you know, I've had scenarios where I've been called into families just to help breach those conversations. Yeah. And if there isn't one in place, like for financial or whatnot, Uh, If they have deposit boxes in the banks or their bank accounts or investments, that gets locked up. That's exactly right. And you can't get to anything. Not that you want to get to it for the money, but you can't help pay the bills that are left to pay. You can't take care of anything that's left to pay, which causes more problems. So exactly right. Yeah. No, 100% correct. I mean, if you, as you said, people don't realize that if there's an issue with capacity or if somebody, (coughs) excuse me, if somebody passes away and you don't have executor rights, everything's frozen. The bank does not want to take any risk with with, um, someone's money who's deceased. So try paying bills, making sure everything's done if somebody is either incapacitated or they've passed away. If you don't have those documents to say, I need to make these payments, I'm the person who uh, has been legally authorized to do everything, it's a huge challenge. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I'm just spinning my brain. Um, I think this applies to special needs people as well, to have these documents in place, even though they're still going to live their entire lives. Um and some difficulty comes into play when you're trying to get them to understand that you're not trying to control them, 
but right. you want to make sure that there is a, a cushion in place or a protection safety bar in place that God forbid something happens that at least there's somebody else there to make sure that it gets carried out in case they become uh, unable to do it themselves or not able to speak or communicate or for whatever reason they're unable to do it. At least they have a backup in place. And sometimes it's really difficult to get through to that person to have them understand that you need to give me permission to be your backup, you know, I don't want to take your money. I don't want to control you. I don't want to do it for you. But what happens, God forbid, in the scenario where you need a backup, right? And it's not in place. So, and it gets really difficult to explain that to people with special needs sometimes. Well, yeah, and I, I, all you can do in those circumstances is start those conversations as early as possible and, and try to continue to you know, really bring that point across. You have to keep bringing these conversations up, try to get your point across, maybe get other people involved. It just really depends on, on that. And just a quick note on special needs as well and, and doing a will. Setting up a Henson Trust is a great way uh, and I don't know if you're, I'm sure you're familiar with Henson Trust. It's a great way to protect the assets of that special needs person to make sure whenever they receive those funds, if you've passed away, that their money won't be taxed. So for people out there with special needs children, it's imperative that you look into things like a health, a Henson Trust to protect your the interests of your children and to save your estate taxes. Absolutely. Very important. So I think this is uh, a vital, important topic for people. And it's something that they don't think about. I know we thought about it when we were getting married, because now you're head spinning kids, that kind of thing. Right. And it's kind of a typical uh, key point in life. But what if you're not getting married? What if you're not, you know, if you start uh, creating assets or buying a home or, you know, anything that you would have to give away? Or, <laughs> well, well that's it. And people forget that once they divorce, whatever will they had before is invalid. So they have to write a new will. If you divorce, the old will you had is invalid. You have to write a brand new will. And, okay. and so it's really key. Don't, don't think just because you're divorced now, you, you have to, don't, you can't just make changes to your will. You have to write a brand new will and, and think about, you know, who's going to do what, who's going to be the beneficiary of what. Change the beneficiaries potentially on your policies, on your investments. Just because you've divorced, it, there's no magic pill or magic um, uh, instance where everything gets changed. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen people who I've gone and I've looked at their pension statements, looked at their investments. They still have their ex-husband on there. Right. They didn't know. They didn't, yeah. know. They didn't think about it. Yeah. So, you know, th- that's why it's helpful to have someone kind of go through things with you because life's so busy. People have so many things to think about. It's great to have someone to just help them, guide them through all the different things they need to think about. Right. For sure. Okay, perfect. So do you have any last words for people? I, I just want to encourage people. Um, <clears throat> 
this opportunity, this opportunity um, next week on the 26th is a great opportunity. There's no obligation um, to just go through some of your burning financial questions. This is your opportunity to ask someone like myself. I've been doing this for 18 years. I've helped hundreds of families um, to sit down with someone like myself and get some of those burning financial questions like estate planning answered. So I really encourage and invite you to take advantage of this, uh, this opportunity that Randy has provided. I really appreciate Randy for getting me involved in the um, Toronto Women's Summit. I'm looking forward to participating. Well, we're thrilled to have you, Jackie, because uh, any wealth of information that we can share with our audience, we're right there and you're one of those people. You're one of those experts that can really truly help make a difference in people's lives. So we're grateful for you. Gordon and I are very grateful. <laughs> oh, no problem. This has been a pleasure. So thank you again for sharing with us and uh, everybody again, please book a 30 minute session. It's free with Jackie for the 26th. The link is at the top business wealth summit slash book hyphen a hyphen session. And you can book a free session with Jackie and meet her in person. She's a fabulous lady. And uh, thank you for being on. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, guys. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the Empowerment Radio Show. Want more empowerment from Randy Goodman? Stay up to date and follow Randy on Twitter at Randy Connects. That's Randy with an I. Remember to use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering Women to Succeed. Or visit TorontoWomensExpo.com.